Morning, officer. Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> oh, oh, this is live. Think of like the dumbest cave troll let you know. You looked right at me when you said that. You're not the dumbest. Here are the facts as I see them. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bandit Radio Hour Season 2, Bigger and Better. Uh, we are back in the trailer with uh, Merce, who now, as promised on being bigger and better-er, has his own microphone. Say hi, Merce, without screaming. It was on sale. <laughs> well, you know, it was. Prime, prime day. <laughs> no, no lies detected so far in season two. We're off to a good start. Podcast is doing well, but not that well. No, no. So, like, everything's been, like, calm and cool since early July when we got off, right? Let me let me check, like, the news, current events, and market. And, uh, we're going to go right now to our uh, top market correspondent in the field, uh, Merce. Uh, well, what's the market doing? It's all on fire. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's bl- bloody red. Oh, all right. Another news. Uh, Mars, how, how's the dollar doing? It's on fire. Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, wow. Uh, what, what about our, like, uh, foreign relations and all that stuff? Most, most of the world's on fire. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so, all right. Yeah, everybody, welcome to season two. Apparently, God doesn't want us to stop doing this, because when we do, it, it goes from bad to worse. But we're here to bring some good. We're here to bring some good to everybody and nurture us all back to a good place of being. Uh, starting off, Merce, how was the ill-gotten state of Illinois? Terrible. Yeah, as bad as it sounds? Yeah, it's Illinoising. Damn it, we're already there. All right, uh, <laughs> give, me, give me one story that exemplified Illinois. Uh, just miles and miles of corn. Nothing interesting besides corn and flying a plane. All ears and no one to hear your thoughts. Jesus Christ, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> We're done with the Illinois discussion now. We're moving on because Mr. Punny Machine over here has too many, I don't know, energy bucks. That didn't make any sense. We're just going to roll with it. Um, so what have I done in the past month and a half? I did, took care of my kids. Uh, a lot of work on the ranch. I flew to Detroit to drop off uh, my son that lives in northern Michigan, far, far away from Detroit. And that was interesting. Um, did I, I th- all right, so a lot of this podcast, I'm just going to go ahead and warn all you fine folks, uh, a little bit of inside baseball. I'm just picturing like reverse eight mile with you going to Detroit. <laughs> I would have gotten, you know, like I think they hit someone with like a brick in that move in that movie. They would have hit me with the brick like right when I showed up. Like, hey y'all, get him, pop! Uh, oh lord, uh, me and Merch were talk. We talked about a lot of this stuff yesterday in like a pre-production meeting. But uh, oh man, I got to Detroit. Uh, I dropped my son off to his mom. They took off five and a half hours north. And I was like, man, you know what? Uh, some of the people I've talked to have been really nice. Others look like they're chewing on bubble gum with their mouth open, but there's no bubble gum and they're just biting at the air. It, it's like it's like a land of uh, grateful dead burnouts and their children that they've raised up to be like 35, 40. And it was, you know what? It was dirty but like the one thing that blew my mind was when i would run into like a nice person there 
who was like from Detroit. And I was like, oh, look, how did you happen? I, I couldn't have stayed this chipper in this place. Well, wow, you're, you're an impressive specimen, Mr. Gas Station Attendant. Uh, but yeah, I turned on the, because uh, I did not want to leave my hotel room because Detroit's terrifying. And because uh, I apparently hate myself, I turned on the local news. And uh, I'm going to share with everybody the, the three stories that came up. Uh, the first one was that I believe was very relevant and it was supposed to be the top story was that Snoop Dogg was starting a new cartoon for children. And, uh, oh, I saw that on, I think an ad for that on Facebook or something. Yeah, somewhere. they're covering it like, oh, the ex-gangster rapper that was with NWA is now doing this. He and is great at marketing. He, I'll give him this. I, yeah. He, he is. Uh, I kind of can't stand him. Just, uh, I, I, I don't know why. When it comes to ghetto gangster rap, there's some about Snoop Dogg that's not intimidating. That with Dr. Dre, it's like, oh yes, sir, I'll listen to you. You're scary. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, you're gonna kick in my door and take my money. Uh, him, uh, even Tupac, even Biggie, like it was this deep, big voice that was like, ooh. But I don't know, Snoop Dogg, like, you, you sound like the little shithead that's always asking me for a cigarette. Get away. Uh, but anyways, I digress. So first, first uh, heartfelt, lovely stories about Snoop Dogg starting the cartoon. Then they transitioned to how, like, in the past two to three weeks, 40 dogs in the local area have died from either being poisoned or a mysterious new illness that's infecting dogs. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty awful. They're probably just drinking the water. <laughs> they might not. Not Flint. This is Detroit. <laughs> Everybody knows that about Flint that everyone like quit caring about a couple of years ago. Uh, wasn't that like big for an election cycle? Yeah. Then, then everyone was like, eh, screw these people. We're not really going to do anything. Yeah, about. it was like last election. I don't hear about it again. Yep. Uh, but then the last to top off both of those, and this is a good descriptor. Not of all white people I saw in Detroit, but the average white guy I saw in Detroit. So it's the news footage starts with gas station like CCTV footage. And it's a scrawny white guy that looks like a, a slightly cleaned up juggalo without his face paint. Uh, yeah. And he, he has gone up to the gas pump. And he has a five-gallon bucket, like a like a Home Depot bucket or a feed bucket, not or like a hydraulic bucket, not like a not like a gas can. And he puts like three gallons of gas in the five in the five-gallon bucket. Uh, walks up to the gas station door, opens it, undumps or dumps the bucket inside the gas station as far as he can. Lights some matches, throws them in, pff, makes like a small explosion because you know what gas does when it's spread out. And, yeah. Uh, and that was like the day before, and they still hadn't caught him. And this news report was like, hey, if y'all see the scrawny white guy looks like every other scrawny white guy in the local 10 miles, call the cops on him, and they'll respond That's to... That's right, so you didn't get thrown in jail for Dude, that. no, I was like wearing flannel the whole time. Like, not one of them. Nope, flannel blue jeans. It's I'm not, not jersey shorts that are around my knees. The top of them around my knees, not the bottom where that's supposed to be around your knees. But I digress. So that, that's been our like personal excursions the past month and a half. That's why we had to take a break. We tried we tried to attempt to set up like long distance Skype show, but then we're like 
nah, we're not doing that. Um, we're going to do it live, damn it. We're, we're going to do it where we can chat with each other, and y'all can hear it. I feel like it's a little more authentic. It'll be live, then recorded it, and edited, then sent to you. Yes, and it'll all seem very authentic, hopefully, by the time we're done with all of it. Uh, but, yeah, that's our that's our personal uh, offings into, into why we've been gone. But now, let's get into the nitty-gritty. I mean, this is kind of an everything show, but uh, I think that one of the things I'm kind of good at chatting about is politics. So... Let's let's get into that for a minute. All right, and something starting off season two with a bang. Uh, I'm gonna eat a little bit of crow about someone I've kind of been fifty fifty about talking crap and admiring certain things about, and that's Donald Trump. Um, now listen, like on policy, I haven't changed much about what I think about his like like policy prescriptions to fix the nation got my criticisms of them got got some praises of some but there's something i've heard from certain people in my camp of thinking the past like four to five years and it's something that was really hard for me to like wrap my head around uh was like them saying like trump has opened the door to a new kind of political discourse and when i've heard that I've kind of dismissed it, not totally, but just not taking it very seriously. Cause I'm like, man, I think there's only like one Donald Trump and there's not going to be another one. But Could like, you imagine if there was two? Well, here's the thing, man. And like what we talked a little bit about yesterday, like with most things on the show, uh, what did DeSantis say? Oh, uh, well, hang on, hang on. Before, before I even get there, before I get there. So I, I have been like aloft and like not being able like not being able to see what these people were talking about. Like Michael Malice says one of his best quotes is they thought Trump was the river, but he was just the dam. Like the talk when he says they, like the the corporate media. Uh, like they think, oh, if they just plug this like one thing, like it'll all go away. But like, no, he's the one holding back all this new stuff that's about to come. And one of them, as soon as me and my producer heard it, the first thing we said was he is channeling his inner Donald Trump. What did the uh, uh, solo monarch uh, to be of Florida uh, you mean, say? You mean emperor, emperor of Florida? <laughs> emperor, emperor of the Republic of Florida, uh, DeSantis. What, what did he With, say the other day? About Fauci retired. He says, he's like, I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing that little elf. They just need to throw him across the Potomac. Yeah, I think grab him by his neck and throw him yeah, across something. the Potomac. Something to that. Maybe I... Maybe throw, I throw the little elf across the Potomac. Maybe I sp- sprinkled some spice on it or something. But like, ooh. And I'll tell you, if there is a uh, group of Republicans that I have a specialized hatred for, it is the Florida Republicans. Because it's like of all, I don't know, I don't pay attention to, to, I live in Florida, take me for what I am. But I don't pay attention to Nebraska Republicans as much. Maybe they're more corrupt. But like, I know the first, I think I've talked about it on here before, uh, the first red flag laws tried in the nation, I believe. I I know the Florida Republicans backed it in getting passed. Uh, A lot of the COVID regulations, a lot of the Florida Republicans, Including DeSantis, we're like, oh, whatever, do whatever your city council. Wants. I think he even went with it like at the very beginning, that, to yeah. it, and then I and he's like, okay, now it's too much, but because it would have been suicide for Florida, because yeah. what's our number one industry? Tourism and 
COVID was like kneecapping tourists. And, uh, which yeah. I mean, we should still do because we're full. Hey, hey but- let me, let me rephrase what I just said. The government regulations responding to COVID kneecapped tourism. Yeah. COVID didn't do it. I mean, it did some, but uh, I'm pro kneecapping. <laughs> he don't like he don't like visitors. <laughs> I don't. You know, I like the good visitors. I like the neat. I don't mind visitors because visitors leave. <laughs> <laughs> they they yes they do. And Mercer's opinions reflect his and his alone, and does not not the entirety of the Bandit Radio Hour. But. So, back to me doing my favorite thing and talking trash about the Republicans, especially of Florida. Really bad. They're just as bad to conservative ideals as, like, the Democrats are to, like, the Florida Democrats are to, I don't know, leftist ideals. Like, it's all just a corporate mishmash of the two. Uh, However, DeSantis doing that, making that comment and some of the more bolder comments, like, he's really been channeling his inner... That, that Trump, I don't care what mean things you say about me. I'm going to say meaner things. I don't know if it's necessarily like channeling an inner Trump. It's, I think Trump just opened the door with, I can say this and not give a damn. Yeah, your husband's a rapist. Like, it's the best <laughs> debate one-liner ever. Ever. But better than anything Socrates come up with. It's <laughs> just nothing but mic drops. Yeah, and uh, so DeSantis channeling that. And so I'm seeing that, and I'm like, and now, you know, me being Mr. Negative Nancy and me and Mr. Party Poo-Poo on anything conservative, I'm like, well, that's just like, you know, Trump and one other guy. Naysayer, that's what I was getting at, me being a naysayer. Like, maybe this is like a a twice-in-a-lifetime moment. Uh, And then I see the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire not do a mic drop. They do like a mic on a table that smashes the table. Uh, and sorry, folks, we're going to get into Twitterverse for a minute, but it's just a really, like, hammer home. This is the first time I've seen this blossom and like, the way that I was hearing people talk about it. So we know how, like, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the social media people, like, ban. They're heavy on the censorship and the banning. Uh, and... Something that is harder to ban than just a typical account is an actual uh, uh, official political party's account. Now, saying that, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, which is that little tiny state up in the northeastern U.S. who is doing some awesome things, not just the Libertarian Party, but like even the Republicans up there are like probably some of the best in the nation for stuff that we would actually value. Uh... And anyways, they made a post, and I'm going I'm to warn our, our listeners with sensitive ears to this one. They, they made a post on Twitter, the official political party of, of New Hampshire, Libertarian, uh, that was Megan McCain crying at her father's funeral over his casket. And above it, it said, uh, Happy Holidays. And I believe it was the anniversary of John McCain's death. And ooh, ooh, that was, when I'm my first reaction whenever I saw it, even I was like, "Oh, dude, that's a little, that's a little bit of a spicy meatball there." Like I've, it's not something. If I'm being completely honest, it's not something I would have done. And I feel like fifteen years ago, if I just showed that 
to any of my family members. They'd been like, that's repulsive, and like people shouldn't. T- well, yeah, John McCain wasn't dead yet. Oh, ha ha ha. All right, all right, maybe. I don't know who died 15 years. Anyways, besides the point, you prick. Uh, like, people were like flipping out, like, in Matt, like, it got libertarianism trending on official Twitter for like most of the day, just from people flipping out at like, how dare you do this mean tweet? And then the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire, like, counters it by just going, hey, by the way, this guy's, like, at a minimum responsible for over 100,000 deaths in Iraq alone, and he helped vote for it. Like, we know you're outraged at what we just did, and making fun of a girl, like, crying at her dad's funeral, like, admittedly, bad. That's, like, like I said on Twitter, what is way worse? Like, killing all, like, we keep killing these people, and no one cares and i'm like what a brilliant little 5d chess move to bring up this argument and get people talking about it like hats off to and it's funny you saw people that were like uh i don't know what's a what's a good way to put it there are certain people that will talk and say things that we might agree with ideally like some of them that come to mind, uh, I don't know, like kind of like Justin Amashi people or Justin Amash and, and some like Republicans, not there's a growing number of different Republicans, but they'll say their opinion, but they'll still like hold the government and the FBI and the CIA and the news stations, the corporate press and like high regards, like it's still respectable entities and how dare you associate them as being like these great American institutions as being bad. I'm assuming we're not on that list. No, 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 no. We're on the other. <laughs> it's one of the few lists we're not on. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> by the way, a lot of downloads in Saudi Arabia. That one's got a scratch in our noggins here lately. <laughs> Side thing, though. Thank you? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, thought, I never thought I'd say that, but I guess thank you, Saudi Arabia, or whoever's downloading through a server there. All right, but, like, there are these people that still want to look respectable. That's what I'm looking for. They want to look respectable to the establishment and the corporate press. And they were the ones that, even though you might agree with most of their policies, oh, they were just outraged because Donald Trump was the worst thing ever, or January 6th was literally worse than 9-11, or, you know, crazy crap like that. Uh, This kind of exposed... Who care? What do you care about more? How you look to blood-soaked warlords, or how do you, you know, how do you think about what's actually right or wrong? And it was so neat to just see people sort themselves out. And I was like, oh, gee. so sorry if I went a little heavy on that on Twitter, and I'm going a little heavy on that on this podcast. But whatever, I'm, I'm fascinated by this stuff. And by the way. As I've criticized, I'm not a big Trump supporter. I think he should be tried for some war crimes, like every president. But I, 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 at least what a interesting reality we live in. Me and Merce were talking about it yesterday. The older I get, the more like and I can still believe in a God and all that. But I'm like, man, this is a simulation. <laughs> this is We got Joe Biden as president. This is great. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons, but like... It's like watching a train wreck. It, it is. It's like, wow, that this guy got elected. 
This, yeah. And and here's that I was, I was having a discussion with a family member about uh uh well you know it has to be the voting has to be rigged because uh you know like the twenty two hundred mules or whatever that documentary oh, yeah. that came you know and hey I am like open. Totally open to, oh, yeah, there might be a conspiracy to rig elections for in favor of... Well, I mean, our government's been rigging elections for years in they, other countries. They, they, in other countries, and like, dude, I'll never forget with Ron Paul uh, back in... Oh, help me, Autistic Merce. What year did he get, like, really big? Was it 2012? Yeah. 2012, yeah. And there was the first... Was it the Iowa caucus? So, like, you know, in the... Rep- in the Republican and Democratic primaries, well, definitely in the Republican, they like all the people going for the Republican candidacy start like debate at different states and it's a Is vote like inside they, that they state. silence the applause for them and stuff? Dude, not only that, it was weird. Like, it was out in the open. Yeah, it was blatant. It, it was so blatant. Like, not only like did the news coverage like mute applause. I'm not certain they muted applause. I don't want to claim that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, no, like but, they walked on stage, like everybody else got claps. Where he walked yeah, out, it was dead silence. Yeah, and, but you could and, see the people clapping. There's a great John Stewart clip. It's one of my favorite ones where it's like, uh, they're like, the, the, the debater goes like, well, you know, they're, at a, they're in South Carolina, I think. I think that's where this debate is. And he goes, uh, well, Mr. Ron Paul, are you in fact advocating that the government legalize heroin? This is like a Ron Paul's a country doctor from Texas. And he goes, well, it, this is in South Carolina. He goes, if I'm being honest, I just don't think if the government said we could, everyone here would go out and do heroin. He goes, I don't, I don't think we need the government to tell us to do that. And, dude, the audience goes nuts like not in a bad way like yeah. they're like cheering and clapping and uh, and he's like we shouldn't lock people up for this and the it cuts to the debate monitor who is like rolling his eyes <laughs> <laughs> and, and john Stu- to john stewart's credit back when the daily show was hilarious he was like why like but no what so aside from that dude i think it was before that south carolina debate there was like an Iowa debate or maybe a New Hampshire debate. I want to say it was somewhere up north and more than likely towards the east. But like the votes came in from all these different counties and had to arrive by mail trucks. And man, look it up. I might be wrong. I'm open to correction. But this is like something like five or six years ago. I last heard this or read this, but it's reliable. Uh like the mail trucks from three different counties were halted until the winner was declared. And then like two, and it wasn't Ron Paul. And then two weeks after uh, like that caucus and the, uh, the winner of that, I think it was, it wasn't Mitch McConnell. Oh, it was a young looking stupid guy. I can't, I can't remember, but he had taken the lead. And it's like two weeks after that guy had taken the lead, they're like, oh, really quietly. They're like, oh, by the way, Ron Paul actually won Iowa. But whatever, that's two weeks to, ago. To take away all of his momentum. And- yes. And he got the most donations from veterans than any other, I, I believe still to this day, any other candidate in history. Uh, we, sh- we didn't listen. I'm sorry. This didn't, I didn't even write down or plan to be talking about Ron Paul. And yeah, yeah dude, great old man. So I took that very long-winded, side-railed approach to say conservatives that are ultra-concerned about election integrity and Biden being the most unpopular 
president ever, which I don't even know if that's true. Listen, Biden sucks. Uh, like, no, but, you know, Woodrow Wilson started the IRS. Biden sucks at hiring a new bunch of new, but he's not the worst ever. Lincoln started income tax. Yeah. Sorry, Mer- just had to get that off my chest. Merce really's got a chewer against him. Uh, but, no, I, I'm open to evidence of that. But I've, I don't know, maybe I have not seen the evidence that all these people have seen. My other question is, then why are Republicans, like, winning at all? And, uh, I don't know. It, but I digress. I genuinely think there is an alternate explanation besides voter rigging, which I'm open to there being voter rigging, but I believe most of the people are that stupid. And and like the the irony of it is when I say that stupid, I'm not like saying think of like the dumbest cave troll that you know. It's like no, like You look right at me when you said that. You're not the dumbest, <laughs> but uh, no, like a good example of this is like, uh, think about when people voted for your class president and I'm not even thinking of a particular one, but like I'm thinking about how most of the kids in high school were just like, yeah, I'm like this person's the best or that person's the best. And it's like, we're almost trained from a very young age to just unquestionably go along with authority. I'm not saying like every kid in school should question every single thing a a teacher says quite, but we're taught to just go along with it. Even if this authority figure's wrong, you just keep going along with it. And I think when half the country was scared out of its mind over COVID and Trump and whether pro or against any of it, uh, I think most people went, oh, I'm scared. I want this to change, so I'll mark the other guy in the ballot box. Mm. That's my guessing. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, however, despite... <laughs> d- despite the best efforts of them trying to make Trump look bad... Then the FBI goes and shoots itself right in the foot by invading Mar-a-Lago. And, man, let me tell you, like I said, I've ragged on Trump in the past. If he did what I think he did, another masterclass stroke by whatever that is about him that works. Because I, I think he, this, this is me making assumptions. Like, so don't, don't etch this in stone that the bandit said this. I think it was a a lot like, in case you didn't hear, the FBI raided his house in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, what was it, like 30 FBI agents or something like yeah, that? Yeah, when he was in New York. And- yeah, right after he left, they ran in there. They hired a safe cracker to get in this very important safe that had very important documents. And they get in, and they're not releasing what they found. And it's like, I, there's a big part of me that really thinks when Trump was like in charge, he's like, all right, Secret Service, y'all got to know where everything is. Well, this is my house in Mar-a-Lago. This is my very secret room. And hey, in my very secret room, there's my very secret safe that has all my very important stuff in there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And really, there's like, I don't know, a picture of a middle finger sitting <laughs> sitting in the safe or something. And if he may, whatever it is. Just one pile of fake dog poop. Yeah, really, whatever it is. It better be something substantial or else they're just making them making themselves look so incompetent. And you know, 
when we were growing up, if there was a person saying like the FBI was out to get the average American or they just wanted to control you or something like that, they tended to be like the burnout hippie on the edge of town. Or riding on the or, house, or, or a lot of uh, yes, yes, riding on the house. Uh, that Bill Cosby's a rapist. <laughs> uh, listen to for season one if you don't get that reference. But uh, uh, no, like now it's your average trucker, it's your average just common Joe with access to some information that I don't. That's just like morning diner conversations. It, it really is. Like this is something interesting. Uh, this is, I, I like this brewing, uh, but with all this going on, we do got to have a, a good old fashioned, uh, pulling it back from season one, abandon my bad. I just want to go ahead, like get this out of the way. I think I talked about one of the early episodes of season one about the talk a lot about John McCain tonight, but the John McCain, Lindsey Graham trip to Ukraine in 2016 when they, tell the Ukrainian fighters that we're going to help y'all launch an offensive war against Russia. Uh, I presented that in the context of like, oh, nothing happened before this point. That was corrected by a Ukrainian man whose name I could never hope to pronounce. Uh, He said, well, this was in response to Russia annexing Georgia and doing other stuff. I'm like, ah, okay. So not saying I was completely wrong about my point, but just some of the context. I was a little iffy on but we talked about the political stuff now i want to get into some fun stuff merce which cryptid or like legendary monster or something like that is the closest to being real do you think has the most evidence in favor of it uh i mean probably a bigfoot just you from the alleged bitch yes. bigfoot all right go ahead no finish your very original thought well, so that's that's the only reason. It's not, it's not shadow people. It's not aliens. It's not gnomes. It's not okay. It's go cra- ahead. It's crab people. <laughs> I'd it'd be more. All right. Why? Why do you think Bigfoot exists? Oh, I don't think any of them exist. You're, you're not fun. I was just thinking. You said I had to pick one. I was like, well, Bigfoot's the one you hear the most about. So basically, more people. I'm not gonna lie. I believe in some weird stuff. A la, look at my politics. Uh, but Bigfoot, I'm like, man. Some redneck would have shot it and mounted it by now. Oh, he's been mounted. <laughs> <laughs> or he's done the mountain. <laughs> yeah, giggity. But uh, I, I would say something ocean-related, probably, if anything, Ooh. just because it's so hard to... I'm not saying Megalodon, or, but maybe like Kraken. I mean, they've done the giant yeah. squid. There's some... I would say probably a sea monster of some form. All right, on that note, there is this awesome series on YouTube called uh, Bedtime Stories. And, like, they even say it themselves, like, hey, we're trying to be entertaining with this, but we try to keep it as truthful and factual as we can. There was this really neat report they had where I think they were attaching... uh, They covered, like, mysteries and unsolved weird stuff. One of the things they were talking about, mysteries of the ocean... I think it was off the coast of Australia where it just drops off of the coral reef or something like that and goes straight down for a but I don't think it's the Mariana Trench, but it's some it's something like similar to that. And they had a GPS locator on like a seal or a dolphin or some some fish. Anyways, at one point the they're going to like track it 
and the fish goes from like its natural place at like, I don't know, 40 feet below the surface or something like that to all of a sudden it goes down this trench at a speed faster than what a great white could go. And it goes straight down to like, until I think the GPS locator is like crushed from so pressure. So stock market. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's something similar. Actually, I don't think it went that far, that fast, that hard. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I was giving, I, I was watching the uh, Missing 411 series again. I don't think I've ever talked. Have I ever talked to you about that? I don't think so. It's, so the gist of it is it's this uh, private, not a private detective, I guess private reporter. I can't remember his name, but he started this book series called Missing 411. 411 means information. Uh, and all it's about is he did research in like America's state and national parks that are mostly forests and stuff like that. And how often people just disappear, but like they'll be with a group of people and the group of people like turn around and they're just gone. Like, they turn the corner and the dude's gone. Uh, and it's really inexplicable. They they find weird stuff. Like, one was a dad walking with, like, his eight-year-old son or something like that. And they're running around having fun. His son run up, like, 100 feet. The dad would catch up with him. And the son turns the corner. And the dad walks up, like, 100 feet. And the son's not there. He's like, hey, where'd you go? They get searched. They get dogs. They get everything to try to find the kid. No one can find them. And it's like five years later, up on a ridge, like a mile, or maybe like a quarter mile away, but up on like mountain climbers climbing like a hardcore ridge, they find the kids' pants, socks, and shirt all neatly folded and put on a log with a skull that had been like crushed. The kid's skull. And that's how they found out it was him. And it's like, and it's all weird so, if Bigfoot exists, he's doing some weird stuff in the woods with like yoking people, but I don't, I don't think it's. I was saying, how great would he be at laundry, though? <laughs> kids, <laughs> the kids' <laughs> clothes are folded. Hey, hey! I mean, you passed the murder part. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep him on chains. Have him do some laundry. Got free SLAVE. <laughs> <laughs> What was the uh, the series? It's got like the the crazy interdimensional stuff, like the crazy monsters. There's uh, like shorts on Facebook about it sometimes. Was it Stranger Things? No, it's The Mist, the greatest movie ever. Let's not even start on how that ended. But uh, I made all my friends angry and told them it was the best movie ever. And if you ever watch The Mist, it it is, especially that last like two minutes. Show it to a bunch of people that have never seen it before. It's great. Instant anger. Instant. Everybody hated me. I loved it. I fed off of it. And while we're talking about like uh, fun little famous internet things, I'm surprised at how many people do not know the story. It's one of my most favorite internet stories of all time. Uh, the Internet Historian YouTube channel does a brilliant breakdown of it, and I'm just going to like gloss over kind of some of the details. But you know the fine Catholic actor Shia LaBeouf? Shia, the crazy guy that ripped out his tooth for a tank movie. That one? Yeah. There's meme, there's uh, gifs of him clapping a lot. Um, but anyways, with Shia LeBeau, uh, I didn't know about this, but I, I think this, this was definitely when Donald Trump, I think, was first selected as the Republican primary. So he was like running for president for sure uh, on the Republican ticket. 
Shia LaBeouf like rented out a space in on the main strip in New York and put up a video camera and a flag. I believe it was a flag that said he will not replace. No, 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 not he will not replace us. That was the Tiki Torches at, uh, at what do you call it? Uh, Charlottesville. <laughs> no, no, he, he put up like Trump will not intimidate us or something like that. And he had a live feed going the whole time. He's like, this is my protest to Donald Trump. Well, <clears throat> the great and honorable and noble website community known as 4chan uh, decided to make a challenge out of screwing with Shia LaBeouf. And at first, <clears throat> it started with going up to his uh, live feed of his little exhibit in New York and, like, leaving a recording playing of uh, Hitler's Mein Kampf speech. So that would be playing on Shia LaBeouf's, like, like feed. Shia LaBeouf would, like, show up and, like, smash the recorder or whatever. Uh, he'd be given a heartfelt, like, speech about how bad, I, I don't know, redneck America is or, or whatever. And people would go up behind him, like yelling Jew jokes or being 4chan, being like just edgelords and freaking him out so much, he decided to close down his uh, little exhibit there in New York, but he would not be defeated. He decided to buy some property and then let anybody know where it was and put back up the live news feed out on his like little five acre or whatever ranch off some random place and raised back up his flag and put a camera looking at it and said, like, ha-ha, 4chan, y'all can't get, like, you know, whatever, I win. I feel like they instantly went challenge accepted. Merce. Based off of his live feed, they looked at the stars in the sky and triangulated how, like, how many stars you could see at sunset at first glance, like, looking at that direction. Then they noticed two airplanes that happened to be like flying in two different directions on the feed. Looked up the plane routes. Looked for like they figured out what two flights it was. Our forefathers crossed oceans using this technology. They did this out of spite. Dude, it gets even better. One of them that lit once they figure out what region of what state it is. One of them jumps in a truck and starts driving the back roads, beeping the horn on the truck until they can hear it on the live feed. They figure out where it is. They sneak onto his property. They steal his damn flag and get a MAGA hat and like some kind of other, I don't know if it was a rebel flag or some edgelord flag and hang it up. <laughs> that was just great. It, dude, he, re he retreats from there. He ends up going to London and renting a high-rise and doing the same thing. Literally, these they get drones and try. <laughs> and he has armed security. And like, dude, the, I just described... So this is why he went crazy. Dude, this is like part of the reason he went crazy. Like, I, I just described three rounds out of six. Like, <laughs> go watch the Internet Historian. It, it's fascinating. And I... Uh, and now he's Catholic. <laughs> supposedly which Catholics are a fascinating bunch they're either no I guess I guess they're just like everybody else like some of the stuff they say like fascinates me I'm like wow that's actually deep and makes me actually kind of give some record I can't understand most of it because it's usually in Latin I went to a Catholic mass once and it, I felt it, it was odd to my very southern self although when I went to Kentucky and went to like the backwoods of Kentucky and what, whatever small town that was Everybody was Catholic. 
Like, I thought they'd all be Mexican with how many Catholic churches. I was picturing snakes. <laughs> no, that's Texas. <laughs> that's, and hey, you got something you got to say about the people that dance with the snakes. They got faith. Oh, <laughs> <They, laughs> uh, yeah. Praise Jesus. Ah, oh, oh, praise Jesus. That hurt. Ah. No, thank you. Although, hey, something I, I know I have uh, talked good and dug at the uh, Amish a little bit and the Mennonites on this show. Something I really got to say is I used to like look at them like what an odd religion to just stop using technology after an X date. Like what an odd, what an arbitrary thing to pick. I don't get that because where I was at in Illinois, there's a huge Amish community right down the road and their horses. Oh, there's Hold something on. interesting about Illinois is there. Well, th- maybe the Amish. Okay, yeah, continue. Something, something you... was a mish about their community. Me what? from 30 minutes ago is upset, but keep going. No, all the roofs have solar panels, <laughs> which blows my mind. They use electricity, but only if it's bat like DC. Well, and I mean, I don't think we have to worry about offending Amish people unless y'all are breaking y'all's Amish stuff and y'all are listening to oh, us. they have phones. They hide them. It's just like a whole thing. Well, here's my thing. Theoretically, at least. I saw a horse and buggy at a McDonald's in the drive-thru. Well, Merce, you just kind of... I'm going to tell everybody what I was thinking before Merce corrected me. I was about to say how, like, I kind of respect and how cool it is that they just chose a time and, like, man, it seems like people become too dependent on the system. And we're cutting it off right there. And I was like, man, that looking around nowadays, like, that's pretty smart. But never mind, they got phones and go to McDonald's. And... No, they're still, like, independent and self-reliant yeah. stuff, but it's also a big tax loophole. <laughs> You know, there was a guy in uh, Lakeland. I went and visited his ranch, and he was, like, uh, showing me how he... He's, like, an engineer that I could never hope to be. He was talking about how he could convert his house to off the grid, and he lived comfortably in a two-story house. Uh, But one of the things he was working on, which I I still cannot wrap my head around, and he said he either learned from the Amish or the Mennonites, and I was was telling Merce a little bit about this the other day. Uh, He had, like... So we had a, a PVC pipe coming out of the ground, and it was going into what looked like a a metal small keg. It'd be the bet like on the ground in a PVC pipe coming out of the small metal keg. Also on the small metal keg, there was like a lever or something hooked up to a contraption that went into the metal keg. And this guy like went out to this keg, cranked the lever on it like five or six times and then was like I will now have pressurized water for like the next two to three hours and I'm like that doesn't make sense how no you need like a pressurized like electricity to get a pump going and all that and he's like no 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 no." I'm like okay I I guess but so I'm sure on to something but Merce shot those dreams down in the dirt like it was goose and I don't know if this is going to be the final thing we get in tonight but it's gonna it's gonna be something uh, there are these themes throughout history that uh, I, I just really love analyzing, at least with our modern uh, our modern view of them. The plague? N- no. I, I kind of think the plague's been done to death. I did one. I, I can appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, funny. Um, I'll try. But it, uh, no, one of the things is immigration. And not even like I'm leaving our current 
debate about the country's current debate about immigration alone, just like through a historical lens. You know, like it's it's wild. One of the things, uh, one of my favorite founding fathers, who's not like all good guy, he's kind of a prick in some circumstances, but Ben Franklin, just wild. Uh, one of the things he freaked out about was there was a, uh, they were, there was no immigration quota or like standard, you know, at the inception of this country. It was just, if you could come here and you could figure out a place to stay or buy property or whatever, come here and you figure it out. But Ben Franklin is, I don't know if he's one of the first, but he's definitely one of the first big ones to start like going like, Hey, there is this group of people that are moving here in mass. And if we're not careful, they're going to change our good and somewhat British and French cultures into their abominable one that they come from and that they can't even conceive of our type of law and like civilization that we have here. They're the Germans and the Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) And he is freaking out. And so the person I'm listening to, I think it was Kathy Mangu Ward of of Reason, who, hey, she said something cool every now and then. Uh, In a way, Ben, like he didn't get immigration standards passed like he wanted. But in a way, he was absolutely right. She said the Germans came here. Now, maybe not about understanding the law or stuff like that, but and what great American things do we have? Hamburger, which is based on meat from Hamburg, Germany. Volkswagens. But no, no. <laughs> ah, there's a mercy insertion. Uh, history buffs got a giggle out of that. Uh, a lot of other people didn't. You know, you know who founded Volkswagen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna try to talk about that and get canceled right out the bat for season two. With everything else we say. I mean, I did not see that. Uh, no, you know how many times I hear people say I did not see that coming, and now I just hear what you just said, and it's like, yeah. It, anyways, stupid internet puns. Uh, no, but like another thing they did. Uh, so what? There was hamburgers. There was hot dogs. There was uh, uh, apple pie. I believe is actually like a what's big on. Ah, I might be flaky on that one. Don't take the that. Wooden shoes it. never took off here. Thank God. Um, but yeah, that was something he was freaking out about. It was like the Germans, and they they kind of did. However, I feel like a lot of people over the centuries have freaked out about the Germans. Oh, dude, what? There was one. I, I cannot remember his name, but there was one historian. <laughs> he said, "I can trace everything wrong with the." Uh, 20th and 21st century back to Germany existing. Or maybe it was the like 19th and 20th century, but he's like, Vladimir Lenin's from Germany. Uh, was it or Karl Marx? Karl Marx was a German. I can't remember. One of them's a German. Uh, there's another like Hitler's a uh, German or an Austrian or whatever. And there's something like way back before them that was bad about the, the fall area. of Rome. But, however, <laughs> hey, Germans that may or may not be listening to this in the Deutschland, like I ain't got no bones with you. I'm, I'm cool with everybody. Uh, but one of my like favorite little immigration things I've ever read, and I think it was in Tom Wood's book, uh, The Politically uh, Inaccurate Guide to American History. And it's this excerpt of in like the late 1800s when progressivism is really taking off, uh, like a little bit before Woodrow Wilson, they go like, hey, we got to have some standards on the people coming into this country and yada, yada, yada. 
and make sure the right people were coming in. So, and since back then, like everyone, not, not everyone, but the ruling elite are like scientifically racist. Like, I'm not like, not trying to get on SJW bandwagon, but they're like, oh, clearly like there are superior races that are superior cultures that take over others. So they're the ones that win and are right. And that's why you got like British imperialism. That's one of the things that justifies it and American imperialism. But anyways, I'm getting off subject. They try to like quantify based on that logic, like who can come here. And maybe it's my sick mind, but it's like one of the, one of the most hilarious things I've ever read. Cause they're like, they're like, all right, let's start at the base, like race, racist view. Like, well, the people from the European countries are good. And the people from like the African countries, like we got to limit those. And they're like, oh yeah, everyone's here is in agreement. Then there's like one guy that's like, hang on. Where do the Chinese fit into that scale? And this is like on like public record, like them debating this. Like, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Chinese better than an African, but they ain't no European. And then like, dude, it goes back like, well, what about Southern Italians? Like that's like, that's getting, and they keep trying to put scientific metrics on this like arbitrary scale. And finally someone drops the bomb that's like, hey, listen. I know we've like we we started with the default position that Europeans are good, but have y'all noticed that's a lot of Irish coming in <laughs> coming in up north? They're like clearly like they're like oh well hang on that just messed up our whole formula. Let's rethink this whole Back thing, to the drawing dude. Board. And I'm like the the fact that these don't get me wrong, they some of them might have even been the smartest people of their time. The fact they're looking through the world through this such a backwards lens, it's like, and everyone takes them as the authority at the time. It's like, and I'm like, what a, what a bonkers thing that people do. And we're going to get into our like final, uh, new segment tonight. Season two, we are more professional and bigger and better. And we have segments now. The, uh, the professional, like, there's some hardcore. Yes, quotes. mostly when we run out of stuff to talk about, we're just going to default back to this thing to eat up some time. But it's going to provide y'all with entertainment, we promise, and it will be factual. It is uh, today in Florida Man, whereas uh, Merce, my producer, will Google Florida Man and uh, the day of, and we're going to find out what's going on. I'm going to react to it, and we're going to we're going to share some news stories of our great state. So, Merce, let's start with number one. I'm blessed. Is it like something like some guy robs a McDonald's with an alligator or what? 20 hours ago, Florida man arrested for trying to buy an eight-year-old girl for $100,000. An eight-year-old grill? Girl. For... Human. Human. Child. Is that high or low? <laughs> nope. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Hang on. Don't even go into descriptors of... No. Uh, wow, holy, that started dark. This is supposed to be funny. Uh, where? What part of Florida? Uh, Port Orange. He approached the child's mom. And just threw a bed down? Apparently. A Florida sex offender was arrested after he allegedly tried to purchase an eight-year-old girl at a Winn-Dixie. Helmuth Cole approached the child's mom at Port in Port Orange and made the what? indecent proposal. Where is Port Orange? Northern Florida? I want to feel like it's like near Orlando-ish. It's away from us. Yeah. 
So he just went up to the mom and is like, yo, 100 grand. First of all, he just has 100 grand. Or he's poor. He yeah, was sir. already on probation and was banned from having contact with children after trying to buy a chi- a different child in Walmart in 2018. Where's he from? Because uh, here's the thing with most of these Florida man stories. They tend to be people that came from other parts of the U.S. I don't have... I haven't gone that far. To, like okay, I'm all right. Yeah. This I don't know where he's from originally, but... but Anyways, wow, that and that one's kind of stealing most of the headlines. Uh, the second one from yesterday: Dad chokes driver who tried to run Florida family off road in hate crime. Well, hang on, hang on. That, that story. So, so a guy is getting the guy and his family is getting run off the road by a guy, and he starts choking the guy that's running them off the road. A Florida man was found guilty of a hate crime after trying to drive a Florida family off the road in a racially motivated attack. Okay. Oh, no, the guy ran the family off the road. Yes. Supposedly, I'm guessing due to ethnic or racial reasons, supposedly. Don't get me wrong, I think it's bad either way if that's what he did, but I'm just, why, why slap hate on it, I'm wondering. Yeah, uh, so apparently the guy tried to run the black family off the road, and it says, then the attack escalated at a red light when the man got out of his car, charged and tried punching the father. But the incident ended when the dad, who was black, got the man in a chokehold. Oh. What Jordan Patrick didn't know was that the Jordan Patrick, that's a white dude. That's a white guy. That ain't no Juan Ramirez. Yeah. Says what he didn't know is that the father is a martial artist. <laughs> <laughs> where so, where is this? Pinellas County. Oh, there we go. That's striking at home. That is just the top two. In- Dude, that's a good story. That's better than Detroit stories. Detroit stories made me sad. Yeah, that's that's just right out of the gate. Uh, Sixteen hours ago, three men shot, one killed near Robert Sanders Senior Public Library, Tampa police say. And then followed by the ne- next headline for another story, I never saw the alligator. How a Tampa Bay man survived vicious attack. Of course. And I, it, it, I'll tell you this about like gator bites and stuff like that. It's always in tourist-heavy places. I know this is a segment, but there's just so many headlines that should not be the, there. It's easy pickings. Speaking of easy pickings, we're going to... We're, we're going to steal a little bit from the from, from a lot of the, not a lot, a couple of the podcasts I've been listening to. And a man lost his career this past week. And he's one of the people that actually inspired me to, to take Merce up on his offer of starting this podcast. And it's one, Brian Stelter. And uh, he was the uh, anchor on CNN's... Uh, News Watch. And what his job was, his show was about the state of the news media in the current day. So, like, he would report on how everybody was covering the subject. And working at CNN, you could only imagine how he covered everything, exactly like you would expect. Like, and, uh, anyways, he, if you look up, uh, Google image him, Brian Stelter. Uh, this guy was so like unlikable 
and so full, like no original. Con- oh, he's got a punchable face. Oh dude. yeah, he's a fat little piggy. Uh, oh, he's he, he's all of his opinions come like they come Who out of the corporate. With that issue. much teeth, dude. He's like thirty four. Life was not kind to him. No. And he could be anywhere from like 34 to like 52. That, that hairline's 52. <laughs> that hairline's 52 hard. Uh, but dude, like he was the one you would watch him. And now nothing, I, I didn't really prepare for this segment. But a lot of the stuff you would see him report on is like, well, why are people uh, complaining about their liberty being taken from them during COVID whenever Dr. Fauci's just trying to help heal people? And it's like, hang on, those, you didn't even just make an argument. You just like, like you just, what? Uh, and anyways, I guess CNN has been so terrible in ratings, like literally there's a good chunk of YouTubers that get much more views than CNN. Oh, they've been getting massacred. And this guy was one of the first ones to get cut and let go. So, uh, yeah, in the words of Liberty Lockdown with Clint Russell, like, he, this was one of the few people I saw on TV or whatever that I, like, I would get infuriated at. And I'm like, they can't be this dumb. Like, you, you can't. So he's either like, and when I say this dumb, not even like, oh, he can't be this dumb to have this opinion. No, no, no. You can't be this dumb at presenting propaganda. Like, if, you're, if your goal is to make people think a certain way, like, I'm like, oh, you're, maybe you're getting a real hardcore 1%, but that's it. Maybe more than 1%, but anyways, it's an odd crowd. Um, well, folks, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, you're going to be catching us more often than you have been. Thank y'all for listening, downloading, streaming. Uh, our numbers got bigger than I would have ever thought they would for season one. So thank y'all very much. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, at Bandit Radio Hour. You can follow us on Instagram, the same thing. Uh, we still haven't gotten that Facebook thing up. Uh, we, we might. And definitely no TikTok. We haven't made it big and sold out yet. Uh, yet yet but we will be back folks uh keep tuning in keep rocking on and uh the bandit will talk at y'all later thank you very much